Welcome to Happy Hill, the podcast. We deliver meaningful content to grow your faith, well-being, and lifestyle. Hey, neighbor, I'm your favorite neighbor, Jay Murray, lifestyle coach, inspiring others to develop self-worth through leadership applications that will enable them to live in purpose. Welcome to the neighborhood. Happy Hill, the podcast. Welcome back to Happy Hill, the podcast. I'm your favorite neighbor, Jay Murray. And our guest today has an inspirational journey that led her to embrace her self-esteem, devotion to God, and the value of friendship. She's a mother of two, a breast cancer survivor, international speaker, accomplished model, best-selling author, and a national recognized humanitarian. Please welcome to Happy Hill, the podcast, Miss Christine Handy. How you doing? I'm doing very good. We we planned this a long time ago, so I'm excited for today. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So I, I guess one thing to, I guess, kickstart, and I, I definitely want to ask this question just based on understanding your story, you know, your inspirational story. Again, this is Happy of the Podcast School of Leadership to where, you know, we want to talk to individuals about leadership. And I think one of the biggest leadership development is us ourselves you know and how different things that we go through allow us to develop these qualities whether it's perseverance you know whether it's pivoting you know whether it's managing change managing challenges so tell us a little bit about your story um my story started when i was very young and i started modeling as a child and So over the course of my life, my external value was what I was taught to covet, love, adhere to, flaunt, use, use transactionally. And, And so what happened was those developmental stages of where I was trying to learn who I was and do introspection as a teenager or young adult, those, I just skipped right over those, never got into it. And so I, you know, I made decisions based on that transactional life. Like for instance, in the modeling world, it is, if you do this for me, I'll do this for you, whether it's a photographer, whether it's a modeling agent. And so that's kind of how I grew up. That's kind of how I was taught how to live in culture or society. And so when I started to have health issues starting at the age of, well, really 28 and then 35 and then 41, I... When And my beauty was stripped away from me, which I thought was my only value in society. I questioned my worth, right? Because if you only believe that you have external value and you have no internal value, then when it's taken away, which if you covet things that can be taken away, whether it's things or bags or cars or an address or people, those types of things can be taken away. But if you covet those things, then the fall is much deeper, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when I was diagnosed with breast cancer and my external value was stripped away, I thought it had no worth in society. And I thought nobody would love me. And so I went from that and going through 28 rounds of chemotherapy with, which left me many nights on my bathroom floor, you know, vomiting the whole night. And really there were many nights during chemotherapy that I wasn't sure I would wake up the next day. But it was during that time, which was, I guess, what you would consider real leadership, perseverance, grit, 
and determination, I decided that in those moments, in that though that alone time, that yeah. space right of isolation, that is going to learn about who I was. And I started to yeah. ask myself questions, even in the depth of despair, like, okay, who are you? Like, if you get through this, what do you want to do with your life? And so it was months and months and months of that and months of chemotherapy. And I also changed what I was listening to. So instead of watching mm. E! News, instead of turning on E! News, I'd turn on a podcast about faith-based, not necessarily religion, but spirituality yeah. and how to, how to become more spiritual. Because I figured if I couldn't, if my stronghold couldn't be of things of this world, then I would have to figure out what the stronghold would be, right? Mm -hmm. And I realized... 100% there's no U-Haul behind the hearse. So all the things that I was coveting, all the things that I was carrying that I could no longer serve me, that was not going to help me in my future life. Yeah. And so all, so, so many of the things that, so many of the dreams that I had for many, many years, I just, I never did because my self-esteem was not built on any internal value. It was built yeah. on sand. It was built on quicksand. And so, and, and that'll never serve you, right? Because we all age. Yeah. There's always somebody smarter. There's always somebody more beautiful. There's always somebody younger. And, and, but if you don't face that and you, and you have your stronghold on those things then you're always going to fall. Yeah. And, yeah. and so when I, so I got through chemotherapy and I wrote the book, right? The book that I always wanted to write. Mm -hmm. And then I started to speak. I became the speaker and I decided that, yes, I did have a voice, even though, for 41 years of my life, my self-esteem didn't dictate that I had a voice. I mm -hmm. started to, I started to ingest, okay, you have a voice. And even though I didn't really believe it at first, I started to believe it more over time because I started to constantly say it. And then I started to take the thoughts that I had captive and all the thoughts of you're unworthy, you're not good enough, nobody will love you. Those thoughts I, I stopped, not immediately because it takes a long time to, to cut those out especially if you've been telling yourself those for years and years and years. And so I started to change those thoughts again, even though I didn't believe the new thoughts, I started to practice the new thoughts until I believed it. So all of these things, right? The self talk, the self talk, which is critical, what you listen to from other friends, family, TV, news, podcasts, all of those things had to change for me so that I could change what my strongholds were. And when I rebuilt my life, I knew that my self-esteem was unstoppable. And when that, when I had that self-esteem, then I applied to Harvard and I went back to school. I wrote the book. I became a speaker. I started modeling again at 48 years old because I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to start modeling now because I have no chest. And if society doesn't accept that, then I'm going to make society accept it mm -hmm. because I'm going to keep going. And, 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 and rejection didn't make any difference anymore because when you build your life on self-confidence, nothing can take you out. Right. Yeah. And so, and so I think for me, the pivot was a complete overhaul of everything that was ingesting, everything that I was talking, my self-talk, other people's self-talk, everything that I was hearing, I had a complete overhaul and that's what changed my life. And what I have accomplished since breast cancer, since the most traumatic thing that I've ever gone through is so much greater than the 41 years prior to it. And so many people get stuck and paralyzed with illness and say, I can't move on. I can't stop suffering from the trauma, which by the way, I understand that feeling, 
but we're the only ones that can get out of that. We can't expect doctors to get us out of that. We can't expect other people to get us out of it. We yeah. have to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, I, I guess we, we can end the show right there. Um, <laughs> uh, very inspirational st uh, story. I, I want to take a couple ways to kind of really break some of that down and really pull out some of the big nuggets that you just spoke about is again, you start really take paying more attention to what you put in your body, your mental, your physical, yeah. as well as your spiritual. Right. Um, and to your point, Hey, you're taught, right. What are you telling yourself? Believing in yourself. One thing I, I want to go, go back and I would love to hear your thoughts, but from perspective, knowing what you know now. Right. And mm -hmm. what, what I mean by that is I believe that there's certain times in our life when we're going through that, those painful moments Yes. that instead of trying to resist it, we should really shift our mind to now be comfortable being uncomfortable, you know? Yes. And as you was mentioning, Hey, that you've been on the floor, you know, going through your, your, your chemo treatment and, yep. and going through th those pains. And, and at that moment you was able to really, Find surrender. Oh, I love that word surrender. And, yeah. uh, and that may be, again, we think about how would you overcome those moments? And you just said one word, like far as surrender, was there anything else uh, helped that helped you to, at that moment, stop the resistance, but allow it to flow and learn and now be comfortable being uncomfortable? Well, I didn't think that it could get much worse. I mean, I was bald. I had no hair. I had no self-esteem. I, 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 my, I had young kids and I had no idea if I was going to live or die. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there was not much more to fall. Right. Yeah. And when you are at your breaking point, we, when you are at your lowest, you have to make a choice, right? It's either I'm going to stay in this mud in this victim mode yeah. Or I'm going to be victorious and I'm going to use this pain to help other people so they don't feel as bad as I do right now. Hmm. And that's literally how I felt. I never wanted anybody to feel as low as I felt. And if I could teach women, if I could teach people to work on their self-esteem, to really take captive those thoughts, to really take inventory of who is surrounding you, then I could prevent somebody from feeling like they had no worth in society because of what they looked like. Yeah. And that was my goal. Yeah. Did you ever think about, there's a couple of things that just come, come on my, this is good. This is good. Number one, when you think about people, was there people that you had to separate yourself from yes. in order for you to walk in your victory? I had to get a divorce. Yeah. And that was, that was almost more painful than the cancer because cancer illness, we can't, that just happens. We, yeah. nobody has any clue as to why it happens, but it happens. But people that try to tear you apart or, or hurt you mentally, physically, whatever, that's a choice. Yeah. And so, and so to have to go through that pain because the person that I chose to be with wasn't, a, we weren't in alignment. It, he wasn't cheering me on. I had a ton of women helping me, but, but, but in all fairness to both sides of the story, that's not what he married. 
you know, he married the young model and, you know, I, I was the sick girl. I went from being the, you know, popular model to the sick girl and he didn't marry that. And so that was a choice for him and, and that's okay. You know, we, we all have to, if we don't have forgiveness, then we carry that hatred and that anger in our heart. And I don't want my heart to be filled with any anger or hatred. I want my heart to be free. Right. That's also a choice. And so, but yes, I mean, I think you have to, but I had the courage at that point as well yeah. to, to break off from a relationship that was toxic. Yeah. How would you, how, how would you define courage? Knowing what you know now, how would you define courage? So I think, and I love this question because courage for me has been maybe one of the most difficult things in my life because I've yeah. gone through stages of my life where I felt like I had no courage. Yeah. And I couldn't even make a step the next day. I would rather just stay in bed. Yeah. And so for me, I have built, rebuilt my life on having people around me that give me courage because there are days even now where, I mean, I'm in chronic pain. I have an arm issue and there's other things and, and life will tear you down. Right. So you have to have people around you who say, I'm going to carry you today. I'm going to cheer you on today. And I, and I think that's a courage net. You have a net of people that can step into the space, right? Be the hands and the feet yeah. until you can regain your courage. But one thing I think is so important for people is to know is that courage is like this. You can have it and then you can lose it and it's okay. Yeah. But know that you can borrow it from other people. And that's maybe the most important thing that we can talk about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so interesting. As you said, you can definitely borrow it from others. And I, I think that's something that, that works for me when I think about my, my faith, you know, because exactly. it's not, you know, I'm not on every day to where like, Oh yeah, I believe God going to do this. It's sometimes where I'm like, God, where are you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, like what, what is, what is going, going on? And I, I thought about that um, a couple months ago. Yeah about the word courage. And as I'm explaining to, to my son, you know, mm-hmm. being six growing, growing up is that it is okay to be afraid and yeah. brave at the same time. Yeah. Right. Like those two things can coexist. And I think the, 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 the in between, you know, brave and, 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 and fear, fearful is the yeah. courage, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the courage to, to, to walk, to walk is the courage to continue go on knowing that I still feel afraid, <laughs> you know? Well, walking by faith and not by sight is learned, right? Yeah. I mean, it's taught, but we have to learn that and we have to yeah. practice that. And the more you practice that, the more you feed that to your soul, the more courage you'll have. Yeah. Because again, those dependencies on people and society and accolades, they aren't, they won't come into question as much, but with, without courage, it's very hard to move forward. But with people around you that can be a courage net for you, it's very easy to move forward. Yeah, totally. Totally. When you, um, as we think about courage and, and, and even, I guess, parallel to that as far as faith. Was there moments in your walk where you was like, why I me? Quit. Yeah. I, well, yeah. And I quit. I mean, I did quit. I quit for 
a while when I was first diagnosed with cancer. And yes, I did. That was a total victim mode, right? I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, I'm a good person, God. I mean, I was like having these conversations like, what? no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm healthy. I don't eat sugar. I, I, you know, I barely drink Diet Coke. Like I was negotiating, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was probably like, okay, really? And I just had to, you know what? Here's the, here's the difference. Uh-huh. I was the one that would, would write the book about it. Yeah. I was the one that would go to Victoria's Secrets and say, listen, I know you're rebranding and you're not, you don't have any representation with the breast cancer community. So I'm going to bang on your door until you use somebody from the breast cancer community in your wow, social media. Yeah. And they said, and they, for a year, it took me a year. And I just got a contract with them for two, two, two weeks ago. So I think God was like saying to me, you're going to do it. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, this is okay. This path is okay. Cause I'm going to take care of it. We're going to make a big, huge, you know, impact from mm. this pain and this trauma, because I do have the heart of, I do have a heart for other people. I do have a great sympathy for other people. Yeah. So if you put that with great determination and bravery and, and doing the work of introspection and, and fighting to have a self-esteem, right. After you've been pushed yeah. down, with little faith, you you can do anything that you want. Yeah. What what was that moment when you started trusting God? Well, I also had, fortunately for me, because I don't think I would be on this earth, because I, like I said, I really did quit in the beginning. If I yeah. didn't have the faith-based women in my life who taught me all of these things and they taught me, they taught me, I mean, I, I grew up in a religious family, but- yeah. It was the day-to-day -day dependency that I learned. It wasn't going to church on Sunday. It it really wasn't ritualistic religion. Come it was on, yes. it was relational, and and it was even like the music that I listened to. Right, I would just blast oceans. Right, because I would yeah. be having these like desperate moments and and feeling very paralyzed and feeling very um, like a victim. And I'd blast oceans, and I would mm -hmm. get a little bit more courage. Right. Yeah. And I would go to like a Hillsong concert and I'd feel that kind of like empowerment inside. Like, okay, we can do this. Right. Yeah. 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 But I never turned on E, e news and watched the celebrities and felt empowered. I felt depleted. And so I was like, okay, well I can either adhere to society or adhere to faith. Which one is going to feed your soul? Yeah. Turns out it was the faith all along. And so once I started to make that choice on a day-to-day -day basis, I felt more whole yeah. and more powerful. And I felt like I had a bigger voice because I wasn't worried that somebody was going to criticize me. I wasn't, I didn't care what people thought of me anymore. Yeah. My measure was with God. My measure yeah. was not of this world. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so amazing to, to hear you talk. And, um, you know, I, <laughs> My mom's going to say, you always say this, but it's true, mom. So I'm a, I'm a preacher's kid. And um, so I, I grew up, you know, yeah, in church. And yeah. to your point of once I was able to remove the traditions, the yeah. rituals, you yeah. know, and really have that intimate relationship with God, then yeah. my mind started to be blown away, you know? And to your point, that day-to-day -day dependency, that a day-to-day -day surrendering, 
you know, that you do um, and then you offer yourself up to God, how God continues to fulfill you. Right. And yeah. one of the things that as, as you was talking about and just trusting God and now seeing all the things that you was doing before, you're doing it even at a greater uh, 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 you maximizing the impact, right? You know, it, it's more than just, you know, being a model is more than just doing these things. You're now having impact on others. Right? right. And my word for this year, uh, is clarity. Mm. And I am now starting to realize because the founding verse that I put towards that was, in, in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean, lean out on your own understanding. And always submit to him and he will guide your paths. Yeah, so I love it. one thing I was looking for God and clarity is like, hey, tell me when to turn. Tell me when to do this. That's what I was, I was at first seeking God for clarity to, to tell me what I need to do. But in all, now that I'm seeing, it was for me to trust God. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, it was for me to trust God because the verse starts out with trust in the Lord, you know, comma, pause right there and take that in, you know, and and that of, of itself, as I'm seeing now with and being able heart. to meditate more on it, it was yeah. all around trust. You know, it was all all around trust. Let me give you let me give you a short story. Well, yeah. nothing is really short when I talk, but go ahead. <laughs> This is fun. <laughs> yeah, this is a good one, though. So when I wrote the book and I started to write the story and then I started to speak, I was like, I'm just going to be a I'm going to be a great speaker because that's where I'll have the biggest impact. And my book is God, if you want my book, then, you know, make it successful. And I always wanted my book to be a film and, and it was slated to be film and it's, the screenplay was written, all those things. And I think, OK, I'm getting my message out there. I'm I'm winning on teaching people about self-esteem. I'm winning about showing women that if you band together, that's so much better than tearing each other apart. And I'm winning on these things. And, but I want, come on, God, I want a bigger platform. I want a bigger platform. I, and I'm, I'm going to, it's going to be speaking. I know it's going to be speaking. So I got on clubhouse all the time. And I, I, I work for five speaking agencies and all these things. And, and all of a sudden in 2020, I had a terrible thing happen to me. I had a MRSA infection in my chest and my beautifully reconstructed breasts after breast cancer with implants were taken out, like completely gone forever. Now I have a concave chest. And I thought that's the point where I was like, really, God, like I have been through rounds and rounds and rounds of chemotherapy. I've gone through the introspection. I've I'm totally dependent on you. And now this. And it was in 2020 when the whole world was shut down I'm in a hospital. The only person in the hospital other than covid patients in March of 2020 was me. Wow. <laughs> and then in April of 2020, me, and then June of 2020. So I'm in the hospital and I'm doing speeches from the hospital bed and I've got an IV in my arm and I'm like, okay, I'm an, I'm the speaker. I'm going to keep going. God. I'm going to keep going. And I get out of this mess with a concave chest and it takes me months to go in my chest, into my um, closet because I, now I have no chest and I have no idea what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it's, I was in grotesque pain too. Like when they excavated my chest, it was horrible. So I'm in emotional pain. I'm in physical pain. And I wake up one morning and now I haven't modeled for a long time. And I said to myself, I don't want the people who've been through breast cancer to feel as 
maybe shameful or isolated or different yeah. as I feel in this moment. So I called my modeling agency and I said, I'm coming back to work. And they were like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I said, but you might want to see me first. <laughs> and because I had a concave chest, I had no chest. Mm -hmm. And, and so I went in and they were like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not so sure. I said, yeah, no, it's, it's going to happen. I'll figure it out. So I went up to New York fashion week last September uninvited. I've never been to New York fashion week. And I, by the way, I was never a runway model. I was only a print model. Mm -hmm. And so I said to my manager and I said to myself, I'm going to walk in New York fashion week. And she was like, okay, let's go. Let's figure it out. Because imagine somebody without a chest yeah. on New York fashion week, right? It's the biggest runway show in the world. And, and I said to myself, you know, you can figure out how to walk in New York fashion week. You can watch YouTube videos. So I go to New York Fashion Week and I'm all my fr my friends that are in New York, they're going to nice lunches, they're having cocktails at lunch. And I'm on the subway going from show to show uninvited and just, you know, basically waiting until the, the show starts and kind of sneaking in. And yeah. then I'd go up to the designers afterwards and I'd be like, hey, my name is Christine Handy. I really think that I should be in your runway show in the spring. I'm a model. I've been a model for 40 years. I'm a breast cancer survivor. Think about the impact we could have if I, I waltz, right? The runway with a concave chest. And I, and my friends were cheering me on. You know, my friends were like, you go, girl. You do your thing. You you know, you go, girl. And I was like, I'm, a, I'm just going to try. Because it didn't matter to me anymore if they said no, right? Because yeah. rejection didn't matter anymore. I think so often our pride and our ego get caught up in, what if they say no? What if I don't yeah. get in the show? Oh, whatever. And I'm, I don't care if I don't get the show. So four designers said yes. So in February, this past February, I walked in New York Fashion Week for four Ooh. shows. Wow. 52 years old, concave chest. Fast forward a few months, right? And now people are looking at me like, oh, she's for real, right? She's for real. This girl has great faith, right? And in herself, but also, of course, and in, in God, because here's the thing. God didn't, God didn't have me as the speaker. God had me as the model. God mm. took me back to the 11 year old kid that said to her parents, I have to model. I have to be a model. And, my, and the 11 year old parents who were like, I don't have time to take you on these modeling shoots. God took me all the way back to that and said, no, no, the biggest platform that you're going to be on is from modeling and you're going to model with a concave chest. So faith, you know, leaning into that faith of what is not seen, he's going to dictate where you go. Yeah, I'm not known as a speaker. I'm known as a model. And I'm not known because I was a model for guests 25 years ago, or I was the model after Claudia Schiffer 25 years ago. I'm known as the model with the girl who has the concave chest. That's God. He yeah. led me. He directed me. And I had no idea which direction I was going. He paved the way. Wow. Wow. Such an amazing story. Um, one question that you, you kind of mentioned this and it kind of provided some, some how-tos, but I, I wanted to do a front from the lens of if you're telling someone now that may be going through some challenging times, and and have a dream and and they're 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 going out and they're 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 putting one foot in front from the other but they're experiencing some rejections how do you or what would you say to them for those that are experiencing rejections as they go after their 
their, their dreams and their aspirations? More people said no to me than people said yes to me. It's a self-esteem issue. Yeah. And if, if I didn't rebuild my self-esteem, I would have never gone up to New York fashion week to begin with. I would have said, I would have, I would have sliced my self-esteem open. I would have said, you're uninvited. You're not, you're not young enough. You don't look like those other models. They're going to say, no, you don't have a chest. You don't look like another woman. And I would have said, said to myself, I'm not going, but I had, I was built on faith. I was built, rebuilt on faith. And so I wasn't, you have to rebuild on something that is substance, right? Mm. If you build your life on worrying about what other people think, or if you build your life on worrying about, let's say the outcome. Yeah. Like when I was going through chemotherapy, when I was fixated on, oh my God, am I going to live? Am I going to get through this? Am I going to be able to be this, this, this mother to these kids? Every day I was fearful. But when I said to myself, okay, the only thing I can do throughout this chemo process is show courage today for myself. And the grace will come tomorrow. And wow. if I don't live, that's not my, it's not my plan. Yeah. And so if you get rid of the outcome, then the fear goes away. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's to your point. I mean, I heard someone say, say it this way, you know, as you reach different milestones or the next level, um, the imposter syndromes, yeah. will come come up and i think that's nothing but the insecurities and to it's your point the the things that we talk ourselves out of you know and at times where you know and i love how you said you had to rebuild your faith and yeah. i think at times there's nothing wrong there's something beautiful about a flower and when it dies and when seeds go down and how it grows back up, you know, and it's something where we have to. And I heard someone say, "Is like you have to die to yourself every day to follow every. Jesus." You know, you have to die to your pride and ego. Yeah, yeah, you have to die to to self every day, and that's, I mean, it's easy said, you know, but it's something that you practice every day to do. And I, I'm, I mean. You are a hero. <laughs> you are truly a hero. Um, I'm curious to to know with your kids, mm. how, what ways did you either bring them along in this process or what, what did you want to really teach them during this, this time or what you, you, you kind of instill mm -hmm. in them what some of the things you have went through, you know? Well, thank you for the compliment. I think one of the things that was really hard for me, and I'll answer that question in a second, when I was first diagnosed with cancer was asking for help because that's also a pride issue. Yeah. And I think often when we give, we get compliments, we're like, oh yeah, yeah, it's not me, whatever. Thank you. I do believe I'm a facilitator. I do believe that the messages that I have are because I'm, I'm capable of giving them. Yeah. Um, my children, unfortunately, I taught them materialism really well. <laughs> For the first 40 years of my life, I was so insecure and I really coveted the stuff. I loved the bags. I loved the, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I you know, it, it just, you know, when I became 
a servant, I became yeah. really good at being a servant. When I was a, when I was focused on materialism, I became really good at shopping. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so I've tried to unwind that. Right. And yeah. I think just how you live your life, you model for your children. And so they, I might have 21 and 24 year old sons, right. I have two sons who are in a weird stage of their life, right? They're not like mama's boys. They're trying to figure out their own life. They're trying to be independent. They're trying to get through school and in a weird time, right? And so I think that the best thing I can do for them is just show up as me every day. Mm. And I I love who I am. Yeah. And I think showing that self-confidence also helps them, especially when you're 21 and you're 24, when you just don't know who you are. Yeah. And I think the more yeah. I can teach them to depend, like here, here's one thing that I try to teach my sons. I say, okay, God's here. Then, you know, family, then education, friends. And it's kind of like in that order. And now if that order is out of order, then that's chaos. Yeah. That's literally the definition of chaos. So if you put your friends here above God and somebody you know, it says that they don't want to be your friend anymore, or it's a girlfriend and they don't love you anymore. Or they break up with you. Yeah. That's a big fall. Your life is over, right? You're shattered. Your self-esteem is gone. But yeah. if you constantly keep God here, that fall, you're never going to fall that far because yeah. your stronghold is him. Yeah. And so if I can keep, teach my kids that then I've done my job. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so, it's so true. It's uh, I think the biggest thing, as parents, and I love how you say it, just showing up, you know, showing up. And, and that's not easy either, by the it's way. It's not, no, it's not easy because I, I am understanding now showing up with, I don't know, I don't have the answer, but I'm exactly. here. <laughs> I'm here. But that's the other thing. That's so, that's so important for you to teach your son. Do you have a son? Yeah. Yes. I, I don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. Like, why can't we say that to our kid? Exactly. That's humility. That's loss of, yeah. you know, that's no pride. Yeah. I think that, and I've, I've talked about this in other interviews and I, people love it. I think there's three ways we react to everything every day. Mm -hmm. Every decision we make, there's three ways, either out of pride and ego, yeah. out of malice, like, oh, I'll get you back. You hurt me. I'm going to get you back or compassion. Right. So even like, let's just take traffic and you're in a traffic jam and you're frustrated and you're honking. That's, malice right yeah but if yeah. you're in the traffic jam and you're like you know what everybody else is in this mess too and this guy that cut me off i'm going to show him some compassion that's compassion and when you build on that each day right when you take the pride out and you take the malice out like people are going to hurt us right yeah. and we think we're justified in hurting them back but if you take all that decision making out and you say okay i'm going to react out of compassion every day i'm going to take all these little incidents all day long and react out of compassion you're going to live a more peaceful life. It's not like those things aren't going to happen to you, but you're going to have this different peace about you. And that's going to show your son. That's going to show the people around you. And you're going to change. It's like a wave effect. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's, 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 you're right. You're so right. Whoa. Happy Hill, the podcast school of leadership was talking with Christine Handy. So what's, what's next? Um, I, I know you have a website. Um, you know, where can people get more information about certain things you're doing or what do you have coming up? 
I am modeling for Victoria's Secrets. Um, they're going to be their first model ever who has a concave chest. Congratulations. That's, yeah, I'm excited about that. And I'm trying to change the beauty world, as you know. Um, and I'm actually be, I'm actually known as the beauty disruptor. So that's a that's a title. <laughs> beauty disruptor. <laughs> Hashtag beauty disruptor. I like that. <laughs> I am the cancer disruptor and the beauty disruptor. So I Love I said I said on my Instagram recently. I said, okay, well, I'm I'm the beauty disruptor. I'm the cancer disruptor, and I'm called the honest Instagrammer. So what other titles can we have, right? Yeah. And, and I just think that, you know, being a pick, a, pick a disruption in your life, right? Something good that you can do. And that's, yeah. that's kind of what I, I love to do, but I'm all over socials. You can Google me. I'm doing New York fashion week in September. I've just been hired by some shows to do continue my journey on the runway. And I'm also, yeah, I'm, I continue my modeling career, which is, which is amazing because I am 52 years old with a concave chest. Yeah. <laughs> But nothing's amazing or impossible. Nothing is impossible. Yeah. You know, it's and just, that's that's just, that's the beauty of it. Life. Yeah. That's the well, beauty thank of you. it. Thank you for having me. Well, thank thank you. And uh we'll leave here with this last question. How okay. would you define leadership? <sighs> well, how do I define leadership in my life is I I am who I am every single day. All day long, I am who I am. And that, and showing up as me, I believe shows leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again, Christine Hannon, for being part of Happy Heal the Podcast. Happy family. Be strong and know that you were created for greatness. And no matter what life may bring you, always love God, love self, love your neighbor. I'm your favorite neighbor, Jay Murray. Until next time, be blessed.